0: Thanks for joining us and supporting Doe Fitness, we ask for your continued support by becoming an It's All About Health and Fitness premium member. Go to www.vickidofitness.com forward slash join. Again, that's www.vickidofitness.com forward slash join and register for a six dollar monthly subscription. And remember, Keep listening, sharing, and checking us out. The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical healthcare provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about losing weight without dieting. Research has shown that dieting just doesn't work. Fat diets severely restrict your food choices, they are not sustainable, And you usually have a difficult time sticking to them. And most of all, your body doesn't get the energy it needs to function at an optimal level. Now joining us is Camille Martin, a registered dietitian and author of her book, Love to Lose, Love Your Life, and Watch the Weight Lose Itself. Camille will show us how to ditch the diet cycle and improve our relationship with food, and lose weight once and for all. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now here's your host, Vicky Doe and D. Banks Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks Bright. How are you today?
1: I'm doing well, Vicky. How are you?
0: I am fine. Yes, yes, yes. And it definitely is hot and bothered. Really
1: hot. Isn't it? It's hot and it's hot and humid.
0: It's hot and humid. That's what it is. But we're here, right? Yes, we are here. We are here today. Well, today we talk about losing weight without dieting. Some people go through life always dieting, trying to lose weight, going back and forth. They lose weight, they gain weight. They lose weight, they gain weight and get on these various diets. You know, and it becomes a vicious cycle. Now, according to recent data from the CDC, data from the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey, in 2013, the year 2013 through 2016, 49.1% of U.S. adults tried to lose weight in the last 12 months. A higher percentage of women, that's 56.4%, than men, 41.7%, tried to lose weight. And a lower percentage of non-Hispanic Asian adults, that's 41.4 percent, than non-Hispanic white, 49 percent, non-Hispanic black, 48 percent, and Hispanic, 49 percent adults tried to lose weight. The percentage of adults who tried to lose weight increased with family income, and with weight status category. Now, among adults who tried to lose weight, the most commonly reported methods were exercising, that's 62.9%, and eating less food, 62.9%, followed by consuming more fruits, vegetables, and salads, that's a 50.4%, which is actually a good thing. However, It is when you get caught up in the dieting cycle trap after repeated attempts at dieting or restricting food intake to lose weight when it becomes a problem. In fact, it just doesn't work out for you and it can be unhealthy. Now, research has shown that dieting doesn't work. Fad diets Severely restrict your food choices, they're not sustainable, you have a difficult time sticking to them, and your body doesn't get the energy and the nutrients it needs so that you can function at your optimal level. Most of all, dieting can damage your self esteem by setting you up for failure. You blame yourself for not having willpower to stick to the plan when it really is the fad diet that is the problem. And it is not a long-term healthy eating plan. Today, we have joining us Camille Martin, a registered dietitian and author of her book, Love to Lose, Love Your Life and Watch the Weight Lose Itself. She will discuss her book and give us tips on how we can focus on living and not just dieting to lose weight. Having spent nearly 25 years of her life on a diet, Camille will show us women how we can break free from the downward dieting spiral of failure and improve our relationship with food, change our destructive habits and negative thought patterns, and lose weight without dieting. And we can't wait to hear from her later on during this show. So, what do you say, Dee?
1: I'm excited.
0: Yes, I Yeah, this is going to be a great show. Now, folks, make sure you subscribe to this show. It's all about health and fitness, Vicky Doe Fitness on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or any of the platforms that you listen to your podcast. When you subscribe to this show, you will be notified when we post a new show and you will be able to listen to our inspirational and motivational health and wellness shows as soon as they are posted. Go and subscribe today. We have wonderful guests lined up for you to come to this show. So sign up so you don't miss out. Also, go to our website, vickydofitness.com and sign up for our newsletter to get the latest updates, health tips, and information on what Vickydo Fitness is doing. Right now, we have created another course, another program called Emotional Intelligence, a Comprehensive Approach for Maximizing Performance and Quality of Life. Now this course will be taught on our Vikido Fitness Academy platform by our instructor Kelly Ashby of Kelly Ashby Consulting. And so we are so excited to add her on as an instructor of Vikido Fitness Academy. And I am pleased about this course. It will not only help you to be able to understand and relate with others in your life. But this course will teach you the skills and give you the tools that is needed to have optimal emotional intelligence. So go to vickidofitness.com and sign up for our newsletter so that you can find out more about this course and all of the exciting things that we're doing at Vikido Fitness. And, D, guess what, though? I just thought about it. You know, this year, what is it, August the 14th, we're going to be doing the African-American male wellness walk thing again, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, so that's going to be great. And as always, what do we say, D, to the folks?
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Well, D, yesterday I went back to having my acupuncture treatment, you know. Oh. Yeah. You know, it's been a year. Yeah, it's been a year. And it works. I go to Dr. Mao in um, Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Yes. You know, I was starting to have pain in my neck and my upper back, and I couldn't figure out, okay, so what is going on? And then I was like oh, I haven't done acupuncture forever since, you know, the whole COVID-19. And so I went back and I'm rebalanced again. You know, I feel better.
1: Well, does it hurt?
0: It doesn't hurt, but it can pinch a little bit on different sensitive areas when he puts the thin needles in. Uh Uh-huh. You know, it can hurt, um, but most of the time it doesn't hurt. Okay.
1: Yeah. And how long is the session, like, you know, for those of us? In in out in, in Cyberland, how how long do, does a session last?
0: It's it's about an an hour. You know, you lay and chill for about a good, say about uh, forty five minutes. Uh-huh. You know, to an hour, yeah. And you oh, take cool. a sleep. You go to sleep. Okay, great. And then you wake up. Take the pins out. He takes the pins out, and then he gives you like a massage to make sure that um you're feeling great, and then boom, you're done. You chill. And the rest of the day, you're supposed to take it easy. You know, no hard, stressful, nothing for the rest of the day. Oh,
1: wow. Okay.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Yes. So I feel like a new woman. I guess so. (laughs) Great. Great. And then also this week, well, it was last week, I got a chance to be on, because you've been on The Real Talk with the Reverend William King, right? (laughs) Yeah, well, I got a chance to do that. How was yours? What did you talk about? Well, we talked about health and wellness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, we, talked about, we talked about getting back to your transformation after COVID, but, you know, where things are kind of lifting up. And so we, we just talked about things that you can do to get back on track, you know, with your eating right and your exercise uh-huh. and all of that.
1: Oh, cool. Oh, good. Okay. Well, those are, because I can listen to that. I can just go on and, and um, like we do with our podcast, and hear that, right?
0: Yes. Yes, he has it. You can probably go to his page and... Facebook page. Mm-hmm, and go ahead and listen to it, because it's, it's posted. Oh, good. Uh-huh. Okay, good. All right. Okay, great. So how was your week?
1: Um. Well, the July 4th holiday, I was off. And on the 3rd, on Saturday, we rented this pontoon and kind of went out on the lake down at Atwood Lake and just kind of went up and down. And I tried a little fishing but didn't catch one fish, whatever. (laughs) 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 And then... Whatever, and then that evening they had fireworks. People are going back. I don't think Youngstown had fireworks because of COVID, but this was on the lake, so it was a, a lot different. With you know the different pontoons and you could social distance and stuff like so. The the fireworks were just absolutely beautiful. And then Sunday went to our friend Dr. Lolita McDavid's house for a soulful dinner. Okay. with ribs and chicken and and the whole bit, and it was really good to see. You know my friends in um Cleveland, so yeah, that's what I did. But you know, even though Monday was an official holiday, I had to work, so okay, that's okay. It's all good. It's all good.
0: good. It's all good. And people are getting out. We we hope people will still remember, like you said, that that COVID is not finished with us.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> No, we might want to be finished with COVID, but it's not finished with us. By no stretch of the imagination, as I'll talk about a little later. By no stretch of the imagination.
0: That's it. So still use precaution and think. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So what is going on this week? Vicki, everything. 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 I couldn't believe when I heard about Shakara. Now, this was written on ESPN. P.N. Shakara Richardson won't run at Tokyo Olympus after being left off the U.S. relay list.
1: I feel so badly. Well, she, you know, I follow track and field. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you do. Oh, too, yes, yes. And, well, first of all, she, about a week ago, I think she ran the 100 meter, which made her and won the fastest woman in the world at that time, kind of like Flojo was back in the day, if people remember her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she got a lot of publicity and so forth. And her mom had just died. She found out that her biological mother had died. She was having some issues or whatever. But anyway, she was tested positive for marijuana, which was legal where she was, but it's against the rules of the Olympics. And so her record was wiped out. And, you know, she was banned from running for 30 days, and so this article goes on to say that band sprinter Shakara Richardson was not on the Olympic roster, which was just released yesterday, because people were hoping, well, you know, she'll do the 30 days, but she'll still be able to run in the relays at the Olympics, and the decision means that the Americans' positive test for marijuana will cost her a chance at running on the relay team in Tokyo, in addition to her spot was already canceled for the 100-meter individual race. Her positive test nullified her win at Olympic trials in Eugene, Oregon last month and the spot that went with it in Tokyo in the 100. Her 30-day suspension will end before the start of the relays on August the 5th, which left open the possibility she could win a medal as part of the 4-by-100 relay team. But her name was not on the roster. Um, The United States Olympic team group sent out the Federation, the USATF, the Federation had two discretionary picks beyond the top four finishers in the 100 meter final at trials, but chose not to offer a spot to the 21 year old sprinter who was expected to challenge for Olympic gold. Ask about how Richardson was taking the news. Her agent Ronaldo, I remember Ronaldo Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. He was a hurdler back in the day. Back in I the mean, day,
0: yes, yes.
1: Back in the day, yes, and Q2, Vicki. Uh-huh. I remember anyway, her agent, Ronaldo Nehemiah, responded We haven't spoken about it at all. It was actually not a topic we focused on. In a statement, USATF said it was incredibly sympathetic towards Shikari Richardson's extenuating circumstances and fully agrees that international rules regarding marijuana should be reevaluated. So while our heartfelt understanding lies with Shikari, we must also maintain fairness for all the athletes who attempted to realize their dreams by securing a place on the U.S. Olympic track and field team, the statement read. In this case, that meant offering the remainder relay spots to the 6th and 7th place finishers, each of whom moved up the pecking order after Richardson's disqualification. They are English Gardner and Aaliyah Hobbs. Richardson tested positive for a chemical found in marijuana after her victory on June the nineteenth. She said the stress of her biological mother's recent death, combined with the pressure of preparing for trials, led her to use the drug. I know I can't hide myself, so in some type of way I was trying to hide my pain. She said on NBC's Today Show, I saw that. Savannah yeah, did Guthrie you? interviewed. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Over the weekend she sent out a pair of tweets. All these perfect people that know how to live life, I'm glad I'm not one of them, said 20 to 22 to 2025 undefeated. Richardson also told us Today show that this isn't the end of her Olympic dreams. This is just one game. She said, I'm 21. I'm very young. I have plenty of games left in me to compete in. I have plenty of talent that backs me up because everything I do comes from me naturally, no steroids, no anything. This incident was about marijuana. So after my sanction is up, I'll be back and able to compete, and every single time I step on that track, I'll be ready for whatever anti-doping agency to come and get what it is that they need. Shortly after the 2012 Olympics, international regulators loosened restrictions on marijuana use, increasing the threshold for positive tests to a level designed to catch athletes who were using it in the immediate hours before competition, mm-hmm. potential bans were reduced from two years to as little as 30-day suspension that Richardson is serving. But where some professional leagues, such as the NFL and HL and NBA, have greatly reduced enforcement of marijuana rules with the acknowledgement that the drug does not enhance performance, the Olympic world continues to test for and punish mm-hmm. youth in some circumstances. According to the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, in addition to substances that trigger performance enhancements, the banned list can include drugs that can pose health risks to athletes or violate the spirit of the sport. It is a stance that has triggered a wide-ranging debate, largely in the realm of social media, but also in Washington, Last week, Joe Biden said that while he was proud of the way Richardson handled her ban, the rules are
0: are the the rules. rules. Mm -hmm.
1: Whether they should remain, the rules is a different issue, but the rules are the rules, Biden said. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Representative AOC, as she's called, Mm -hmm. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York, tweeted out a letter she and Representative Jamie Raskin of Maryland sent to the leaders of both the US and world anti doping agencies, urging them to overturn the decision. Please strike a blow for civil liberties and civil rights by reversing this course you are on, the letter said. Well they didn't and
0: they didn't. She
1: will unfortunate she will fortunately and unfortunately she will learn from her mistakes as we all do, as Maya Angelou said, when we know better, we do, do better. better.
0: That's it. That's it. And like I said, when I first heard it, I said, man, she didn't think that through and through, did she?
1: Oh, she didn't. She didn't think it through and through. And that's 21. Yes. You know? I know. But remember, we all forget, you know, we all have short memories. Michael Phelps had all kinds of issues and stuff. And,
0: he you sure know, did. he did
1: his whatever time and this, that, and the other. He came back. And he came back and won some medals, you know. So my thing is, remember Michael Phelps. We have short memories. Yes, and we other do. athletes yes. have done things. So yes. let's not be hard on her. She will she's learned. She'll come back and then she'll kick butt. I have no no doubt about it at all. But one of these things that I have talked about with some other colleagues or uh-huh. those of us who love track and field or whatever, you know, it's a situation where these young young individuals need people surrounding them that have their best interest. That's what I said. Yeah. If she was around somebody, whether she got the marijuana or her own, or hopefully a quote-unquote friend didn't give it to her, there should have been somebody in the group that said, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Right. If if somebody in that group, this is probably not a smart move, Shikari, and let's just not do this and keep it moving.
0: That's it. So So we're the uh, mentors, right?
1: Yeah, where, where are the mentors? That's it. that's what I'm saying, to deal with mental health issues. Who was her mentor when she was grieving about her biological mother? Where were they? Yes. You know, I'm not saying that they weren't there, but maybe they could have helped challenge mm-hmm. channel mm-hmm. some of those grief things into something positive where she wouldn't have had to resort to marijuana. I'm just saying. That's it. And so, you know, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. These young people, whether they're hip-hop artists or celebrities or movie stars or whatever, they get surrounded by bloodsuckers who do nothing but want to be up in the mix.
0: Up in the mix. And they
1: don't mean them well at all.
0: That's exactly it. And so, yeah, the rules are the rules. They've been testing. It's not something new. They've been testing. And so at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether stuff is legal or not legal. Right. Those are the rules of the game. So the she rules learned. Are
1: the rules.
0: Yeah, she learned her lesson.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you remember several years ago, Marion Jones. Oh, yeah. African-American woman. And she ended up having to go to jail for whatever reason she went to jail. But her, her records were all expunged. You know, she had won like four or mm-hmm. five gold medals or bronzes or whatever. Remember, Marion yes,
0: Jones? Yes, I sure did. So, yeah,
1: I mean. They test the rules of the rules, like, like you just said. This isn't
0: something that just jizzy popped up. mm They've been doing it.
1: They've been doing it. <laughs> yep. And everybody knows it.
0: Everybody knows it. So um, what you say, make better decisions.
1: Make better decisions.
0: Mm-hmm. But she'll learn. And so, yeah, it's kind of disappointing. Will. It's kind of disappointing because we were wanting to, yeah, root her on. <laughs>
1: right. Right. I know. But hopefully she will continue to surround herself by positive people and so forth and so on.
0: That's it. Well, the next thing is there's an actor. Her name, Suzanne Douglas, star of The Parenthood, dies at 64. This was written in the New York Times, but it's all over the news, breaking news today. Yeah, she was an African-American sister actress. Miss Douglas's four decade acting career included starring roles in the films Tap and Inkwell, as well as several appearances on Broadway. And it says Suzanne Douglas, who played the the matriarch and law student Jerry Peterson on the sitcom The Parenthood and appeared in, in several Broadway productions, died on Tuesday at her home on Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. She was 64 years old. Her death was confirmed by her husband, Jonathan Cobb, who said she died from complications of cancer. He declined to say what type of cancer Miss Douglas had, but said she has been sick for over two years. But yeah, so that's the news that's out. Wow, right?
1: This morning, I didn't know until you
0: were telling me who she was Mm-hmm. but yeah mm-hmm. so she died that just let folks know that that no matter what your career is we still have to deal with life and mm-hmm. that's sometimes that big short. life
1: can be very short
0: life can be very short yes it can yeah. yes it yeah. can Well, guess what? Every time we try to at least bring a health tip, and this health tip was written, Idea Fitness Journal. This is the July-August edition, and it's called 10%. And what does that mean? Well, 10%. This is the drop in daily fruit and vegetable consumption among a range of American age groups since 2004. According to state of the plate research conducted by the Produce for Better Health Foundation, the report shows that most Americans currently eat fruits and vegetable just once each day or even less often than that. Vegetable consumption has seen the most significant decline with a 16% drop in Frequency. Despite decades of public health efforts, America's produce intake continues to be rotten.
1: (laughs) Whoa.
0: (laughs) So look. We still got to be out there talking about, look, you know, we're going to be talking about healthy eating and all of that today. Listen, folks, increase your fruit and vegetable, most especially your vegetable intake, folks. You know, no question that protects you, protects you from a lot of these (laughs) chronic diseases, heart disease, you know, the antioxidants. Come on, folks. Let's do it. (laughs) And, you know, now is a good time because they
1: have these, you know, as I travel down in southern Ohio and and middle Ohio whatever, they've got the the fruits and vegetables now off the farm. You know, you can go around here. They have the the fruits and vegetables, which I love to go and buy my fruits and vegetables daily if I can or whatever. So, yeah, now is the time to do it, truthfully.
0: Now's the time. That's it. And then people, we were talking, we were talking about that a little bit on the real talk with the Reverend William King. And he was asking me, you know, a lot of folks say, oh, it's too expensive to eat, you know, right. And I was like, well, first of all, it's never, it's never too expensive to um, invest in yourself and your health. But now is the time. Yeah, we got the farmer's market. We got uh, local grown fruits and vegetables out there that you can buy. And it's not expensive. It's great. Don't you think? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yep. it's plenty. So, yeah, this is the time. Let's focus on that. Let's focus. That's yep. one habit we can focus on. Getting exactly. more fruits and vegetables fruits in and vegetables. Mm-hmm, in, exactly. our, in our intake daily. All right. So what's the latest, Dee?
1: Well, the latest is sadly we we're not we we you know we've come a long way with the coronavirus. there are fewer hospitalizations, you know fewer people coming in the hospital, and really really overall fewer infections but the the thing that we have to deal with now is that we are seeing an increase in this delta variant that is much more transmissible and it could possibly be a problem for people that are unvaccinated and unfortunately Mm -hmm. president biden was hoping that he was going to have 70 percent of people vaccinated in the united states by july the fourth but that just has not happened and you know unfortunately black and brown people make up the lower they they represent for example what i heard today for example African-Americans represent 12% of the population, but only 9% of the vaccines in this country. And that's just kind of like a overall. But when you go into the individual states, they represent an even lower percentage of people who are getting vaccinated. So, you know, the disease, first of all, disproportionately affected black and brown people. And now black and brown people aren't getting vaccinated for whatever reason. So we really need to step up our game, the global pandemic. And um, we're never going to get out of this until we get a lot of people vaccinated where the virus won't have some place to land on and mutate. So we just still got to continue the constant, constant messaging.
0: Yes. So get vaccinated, folks, and stop tripping. Get
1: vaccinated, right, exactly. Get vaccinated,
0: all right. Well, thank you, Dee.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome.
0: Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Vicki haywood Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood Doe Consulting Co., doing business as Vicky Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology based fitness wellness programs initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at vickidofitness.com. To find out more about our own site and online programs and services, go to vickidofitness.com and now back to the show. Today we talk about losing weight without dieting. According to recent data from the CDC, and that's data from the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey, in the years 2013 to 2016, 49.1% of U.S. adults tried to lose weight in the last 12 months. A higher percentage of women, that's 56.4% than men, 41.7% try to lose weight. The problem with dieting is that we tend to get caught up in the vicious dieting cycle, which leads to unhealthy habits and terrible health outcomes. Joining us today is Camille Martin, a registered dietitian and author of her book, Love to Lose, Love Your Life and Watch the Weight Lose Itself. Camille will talk about her journey of being a chronic dieter and how she broke away from that cycle and improved her relationship with food. She will be giving us tips on how we can do the same to live a happier and healthier life that is no longer dominated by a desperation to lose weight. Let's listen to our interview with Camille Martin. Now here with us today is Camille Martin A registered dietitian, business owner, public health writer, former chronic dieter and author of the revolutionary new book, Love to Lose, Love Your Life and Watch the Weight Lose Itself. Camille is dedicated to helping women quit dieting, set bigger and better goals, reclaim their excitement for life and lose weight in the process. Having spent nearly 25 years of her life on a diet, Camille is passionate about showing women how to break free from the downward dieting spiral of failure and how to improve their relationship with food, change their destructive habits and negative thought patterns and lose weight without dieting. Today, Camille will share with us her personal story from a registered dietitian, public health writer, and chronic dieter perspective. And most importantly, she will discuss with us what motivated her to write this book, Love to Lose. And so we are excited for Camille to be with us today. So how are you today,
2: I am doing awesome, and I am uh, so happy to be here, too. And that was quite an introduction, and I feel I feel very honored to be here. So, thanks. Well, we're happy to have
1: you. Welcome.
0: Yes, we're okay. happy to have you. Yes. Yeah. Start out. Tell us your personal story and your inspiration for writing this book.
2: Yeah. Well, it's uh, obviously years and years in the making. I started dieting when I was 12 years old, which is obviously really young. And I didn't figure out until probably I was in my mid-30s that diets definitely do not work and that the only thing that really does work is changing your habits and changing your thoughts around food and eating. And I found that out by accident because I had dieted for so long. um, I actually was trying to lose the same 10 or 15 pounds over and over and over again. I developed an eating disorder. And it was a very painful experience of just, you know, working so hard, trying so hard, and then failing over and over again on every single diet that I ever tried. And, of course, I think mostly women, we take the failures that we are experiencing after dieting and not having it work, we take those in ourselves and feel like that we are the failures when actually nothing could be further from the truth, that no diet in the history of dieting ever will work not because of their individual menus or makeup, but because of the the resistance that all of the diets cause, which is what pushes women or anyone really right back into emotional eating, And we can talk about that more later. But my inspiration was my own story. And um, I ended up being a dietist because of everything that I had learned and had just an intense desire to figure out how food actually did affect my body and to so just completely embrace taking control of food and figuring out how it could nourish me instead of having this fear-based relationship with it. I wrote a book because it's my deepest desire to help any woman who has been stuck in the trap like I was for so long to get out of it and start living a meaningful, authentic, joyful life, which has nothing to do with, you know, trying to lose weight or dieting. So, yeah, that's, that's it in a nutshell.
1: Well, you know, I, I read your book. It's just wonderful i you know have always i've always had a weight issue when i was a child and then i lost weight and then i lost weight a few years ago and then the covid and i got the covid 15 and now i'm back on a pathway of losing it again but I, i found your book almost a mirror image of my life and the journey you know of that i guess would you describe your book as a self-help guide? Because I looked at it like that. I'm like, I'm going to go back and reread and reread and reread this book. <laughs> Take notes. Well,
2: that makes me feel so good and so happy that you feel that way about it. And, yes, I would say um, in terms of it being a self-help guide, there's two parts about to me. And number one is that I really want women to feel understood and empathized with because I know exactly what it's like. Um, but, yes, yeah, also a, a minute to be a practical guide that you could take steps on and, you know, journal and keep a keep record of your thoughts and your feelings um, and just give a systematic way to start changing your thoughts and your habits. So, yeah, it's a self-help guide that is hopefully also very practical.
0: It's a self-help guide. And for you, what will be, you know, since you were a farmer, chronic dieter, and you say that, I mean, what does that mean? What does that mean to folks, a chronic dieter? And then what type of diets? Were you on a fad diet or what? Oh, which... Lord.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was on every diet. All those diets brought back memories, like system and all of those. <laughs> Some really bad memories.
2: Yeah, wow. So when I started when I was 12, I started because, obviously, we all get these messages that, you know, what we look like matters and that we need to be thin and, and all of that nonsense, I absorbed these messages from the women around me, my mom included, without anyone telling me, you know, you're fat, you need to lose weight, which I definitely was not. But I internalized all of this, and so I started imitating what my mom was doing. So it really started out as like, you know, drinking tab. I'm 51, so I don't know how old your your listeners usually are, but my mom drank tab all day long. Oh, I remember tab, yes. (laughs) <laughs> oh God. <And> so she, <laughs> she didn't eat. She would eat like, you know, very little. And she was doing slim fast. our remember. So I started by trying not to eat. It wasn't a diet per se, but I, I tried not to eat. I drank soft drinks. I drank, had all day. And then I started taking diet pills. I did the Richard Simmons deal-a-meal. Um, I did this horrible, this little booklet. It was called 10 Thighs in 30 Days. And literally on the cover, it was a picture of this woman's perfect legs. And it's like how now we're all wise to it, like how we cut women apart and like into body parts. But, I mean, just awful. But, um, yeah, I did everything. I did actions. I did pull 30. This is recently. I, I was investigating that more because all my friends were doing it just to see what it was about. But, yeah, really it took a downhill turn with the diet pills. So a chronic dieter to me is, is that I dieted, I lost weight, it came back, you know, so I felt like a failure. I ate to make myself feel better, and then I went on another diet. So, And I did it for so many years that I would just call it chronic dieting.
0: Did it impact your health in a negative way? Can you share with us maybe what happened, or you just felt bad? Well,
2: no, it, it, well, it impacted my health mostly emotionally, I would say, because I just feel like such a failure. And I, I just felt demoralized, like there was something really wrong with me. that I, You know, those, those thoughts you have, like, why can't I just stick with it? Why can't I just have enough willpower not to eat sweets, that kind of a thing. But um, the only way it really, I would say it impacted my health in that I was a very, I was being pushed. By trying to avoid foods that I thought that I really loved, like comfort foods, I would avoid them, diet, lose weight, and then date it back and go right back to those comfort foods. So I was not a very healthy eater, you know, like pasta, cream cheese, bagels, that kind of stuff. So in terms of my physical health, I wasn't as healthy as I am now, for sure. But also, my physical health definitely suffered when I was going through that eating disorder. Mostly,
1: I would say emotional health how it affected me. Camille, when when you yeah. were at your sentence, mm-hmm. how was your self-esteem, I mean, did you still see your, yourself as an overweight person or was there, did, when you achieved whatever number on the scale that you wanted, did you still look at yourself and have self-esteem issues?
2: Oh, yeah, totally. Um, at my, Let me just say, first of all, I never really had what anyone would call a weight problem i mean that's what the insanity of it uh-huh. is, is that just these these cultural messages are so powerful and so strong and little girls especially are absorbing that's just like i did so at my lowest um and i the best that i'd ever looked i still didn't feel like i looked good enough you know like it was never enough i wanted to be skinny and i wanted to be I mean, I would say, maybe I'm a a rare case, I don't think so, but it almost bordered on body dysmorphia, I would say. Um, You know, I just, I was always cutting myself apart, like, oh, my thighs aren't thin enough, or, and I was never anorexic, I I mean, I probably the lowest I ever got was like 115, and I'm 5'2", so it wasn't like I was extreme skinny, but, but yeah, so it's just, I feel like it's a sickness in our culture, which is why I'm doing this. It absolutely devastates me to see my two daughters who are, you know, preteen and, you know, looking at the the magazines or the whatever they're on, the social media and asking me if they're ugly. You know, it's just a mess. But, yeah, so, no, I never felt like I looked good enough. But that's what I was going to say. Now, at age 51, I'm probably... 10 pounds heavier than I always wanted to be but I feel so much better you know like I just feel happy because of doing the things that I'm doing now which is part of the big goal yeah I mean I I feel better now I look better now because I eat you know I'm a vegetarian I eat tons of greens I also eat sweets I'm not a perfect eater but I eat now to feel better. And because I eat that way, I look better. And because I have all these new goals of like, you know, I ran a marathon. I moved to a foreign country. I have all this joy and enthusiasm for my life. So the fact that, you know, I might have a little bit of a muffin top or whatever, I really don't care anymore. I'm so happy. And it's like it's just the confidence and feeling good inside. It will eventually translate to your outer um, physical look. And also by feeling that way, your habits will naturally start to change if you're setting a bigger, more meaningful, and inspiring goal. Your habits will automatically change. If for nothing else, you're not going to be
1: sitting around all day thinking about what you're not supposed to eat, you know? Oh, I know. Since we have today Camille with us, a young millennial, Selena, do you have any comments or questions for Camille, because you're just finishing, you finished high school and you're in college. Do you see this issue with young girls and body, you know, body image and self-esteem and weight and all of that while you're in school now? Yes. Hi, my name's Selena, by the way. Hey. I was I was going to say
3: my best friend actually kind of went through the same thing. I wouldn't say she went through body dysmorphia, but I think she tried comparing herself to me, and I think that everyone has this, like, stereotypical way of looking skinny. Like, I'm 5'4", and I weigh, like, 115, 120, but I've always been on the thinner side. I've always, like, been athletic. I've always worked out. That's just what I enjoy doing. It's not because I want to. It's just because I enjoy doing it. I'm not trying to, like, compare myself to anyone, but I think a lot of people in high school, especially, like, if they see a lot of people working out, that's what they want to aspire to be, and, like, they're so hard on themselves. And my friend, she is 5'8", and I think a perfect, a weight for her is one fifty, one sixty. 160 And at one point, she got down to, like, 135. I just thought that was, like, way too small for her, only because she was trying way too hard. And it was like she wasn't happy. And now she, like, is at her weight where she is happy. And um, so that's all I wanted to say, was just like, I definitely do see it with girls comparing themselves, everyone trying to work out. Trying to look the best because of Instagram and Twitter and social media, like you said. Mm-hmm. I also think this is a very awkward age for girls. Yeah, they're like forming into their bodies, like younger girls, like teenage, like preteens, and everything. They're forming their bodies, and even like I'm turning twenty this year, and I'm still like, I feel like this is just a very awkward stage in everyone's life. Yeah, uh, that's I just agree all with I have you. To say. Great. Yeah.
0: Well, but it is
2: hard. I mean. Everyone's self-esteem is fragile when they're growing up, but I think girls have it even harder now with all of the airbrushing or you know filtering. It's it's a problem, but if we can if we can really all get together and make this like a movement of like I want there to be like a line of demarcation where remember when we used to diet like it's some artifact or relic from the I mean I'm just I can't deal with it anymore. It drives me absolutely crazy to, to hear like. People talking about diets like, oh, this is the one that works. It's no, none of them work. And we just need to turn the corner on all of that and stop obsessing about food and start talking about, you know, living healthy, not just with your food, but with your mental health and your emotional health and taking time for yourself and enjoying your life. So, yeah, I agree.
0: Yes. And what we do say here at Vicky Doe Fitness, we say total well-being. That's putting all of the dimensions of health into play. So not only yeah. physical health, but your mental health, um, your relationships. But when it comes to, as a physiologist, when it comes to eating and nutrition, I have my background in nutrition as well. We still, yes, we still have our ideal weight. If you five 5'8", Your ideal weight will not be the same as a person that's 5'4", okay? So everybody needs to find their ideal weight. They also need to get on a healthy eating plan and do it consistently. It's about eating healthy at each meal consistently, right? And exercising and a balance. So we're not telling people to just do whatever and be happy, no, you can be happy doing the healthy habits that will give you healthy results. And doing these fad diets and dieting and obsessing with how you look. Some people still want to wear size zero, but they don't understand that uh, when it comes to the fashion, a size zero is not the same as how how it was even five years ago because they're cutting back on the fabric. (laughs) Right.
2: It's totally insane. And I want to say, I want to make it clear that, like, I'm not saying that food isn't important because what you eat is highly important. Obviously, healing your body properly is critically important. But what I always say is that I want women who eat emotionally to focus first on the way that they eat, Mm -hmm. mainly that first, and then the what you eat will start to stabilize. I just want to make that clear that I'm not saying that that nutrition is not important. It definitely is.
0: Yeah. With that said, a lot of folks do go in and out of dieting, no matter what we say here on the, the show. <laughs> so what are some of the barriers then that keep um, folks from losing weight successfully? Can you talk about some of the barriers and give a solution as to what they can do?
2: I think the biggest barrier that keeps people from losing weight is resistance, because we have this whole mindset of it's a dieting mindset, that you're, it's all about eliminating and um, avoiding, you've got to cut out a food, or you've got to stop doing this, or stop eating that, or avoid all of these foods, and that creates massive resistance, and so if you train yourself to eat emotionally, like I did, and I suspect many women do, who are having a hard time trying to lose weight, is that um, all of the resistance that you're building up with this negative mindset that diet brings on, it's literally pushing you to do the very thing that you trained yourself to do to feel better. So when you have this whole, you know, two-week resistance-filled experience on a diet where you are changing every single thing that you do overnight, you're doing, making all these changes, too many at once, you're doing it in like no time flat, and it's all about eliminating It creates resistance. It doesn't feel good. It it requires a ton of willpower, and so that resistance state pushes you back, ultimately, when your willpower runs out, to eating, you know, and that's why the weight comes back, because you're
1: not changing anything about the habits that you have. In the book, you have that story about people were focusing on, you had two groups, and some people were offered cookies, and some people weren't, and... The people couldn't focus on doing what they were doing because they were focusing on those cookies. (laughs) They couldn't even concentrate on getting the puzzle together because they were focused on that cookie.
0: I know. Yeah, resistance,
1: the bottom line, it runs out.
2: Resistance is a limited resource, and you can't sustain it. And then, yeah, so you give up and you go back to eating, you know?
0: Yeah, and I always talk about how, you know, you go to the doctor... And the doctor tells you, hey, you got hypertension, you got to lay off that bacon. And people, they're so focused on that they can't eat bacon that they forget of all the other foods that you can eat.
2: Yeah, all they want is the bacon. <laughs> Hopefully they can't have it. You want it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the guy your parents tell you you can't go out with. Well, all of a sudden he's, yeah,
0: I want to date him. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So that resistance then, that's, that's a big one then. That's a big barrier. You know any other ones that are yes. common?
2: I think it's just an obsessive focus on the weight and not um, not how you feel inside. Weight is it's a delayed reaction. The weight you see is that there's a time delay from what you do to the weight showing up. So that's another reason why people get frustrated on the diet and they give up or any kind of workout routine because you put your Heart and soul into it, and give it your all, and you don't see results right away, but those results show up later. So uh, maybe it's an immediate gratification that we're all looking for. Yeah. So that's a barrier. But yeah, developing patience is really hard since we have an immediate gratification society. But I would say
1: that's another big. I'm just sitting here trying to think of what other kind of barrier. You know, we probably should put the magazines down and social mm-hmm. and media down and start focusing on ourselves. Well, I think the biggest thing is that things sometimes are just accepting who we are and not want to look like the Kardashians. Not that the Kardashians look bad or anything like that, but I'm just bringing up women who are in the forefront now in terms of, you know, our body image whatever, or some of the hip-hop stars. And, you know, having gone through this trouble myself, you know, it it takes a lot, a lot. I remember I was very involved in the fashion industry with a girlfriend of mine who was a fashion designer, Nanette Lepore, and I used to go to the fashion shows in New York all the time. And Camille, those girls were like five five nine, and they maybe weighed 110 or whatever, but I can tell you. They were not happy, and they were hungry all the time. That's miserable. And they're drinking champagne and smoking cigarettes. Yes, that's a terrible And and maybe I'm not saying that they were undrugged, but a lot of them did smoke, and a lot of them really did things to their bodies. And that's one of the reasons that the fashion industry had to change the parameters for young girls and stuff like that because some of the girls died of anorexia trying to achieve whatever that – model thing was. And a lot of the designers had to change their whole focus on not having girls that were going to die because they were twisted in those clothes. Totally. I've read about some of those models and it's, I have a
2: fascination, not fascination, but i am it's on my radar eating disorders and I read a lot about it. So I know exactly what you're talking about and nothing makes me happier to walk into like Target and see in the girls section there's like big blown-up photos now of, like, um, girls that have freckles, girls who are African-American, girls who have, um, who, who are thin, but also they all look different, you know? It's not yeah. blonde hair, blue right. eyes. Like, I, I grew up with Christy Brinkley. Everybody was blonde hair, blue eyed, and I have dark hair. You know, I mean, I love seeing that my daughters have something else to look at that gives them a representation of mm-hmm. you don't have to look like this one way, and you definitely don't have to be... Mm-hmm stick which is right. not, um, yeah. yeah,
0: I love that. And it goes back to self-esteem, you know, and that's why oh, yeah. you, you we like to teach here at Vicky Doe Fitness that you have to accept yourself first, then we work on being, you know, that healthy weight, but just accept, hey, I like these yeah. curves, I like yeah. what's going on first. And, and realize
2: that. It,
0: it's still cool that's it you 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 know you might can't fit in those pants right now but it's okay it looks good is, now let's concentrate crazy. yeah let's concentrate on on getting that ideal weight for health purposes and then when you are healthy yeah. everything else will fall into place mm-hmm, uh-huh bootylicious we like we like bootylicious i I
2: love that i love that i have a i have a um i guess a booty and you know when i was growing up it was like oh god you know i felt very self-conscious you know but yeah and y'all were just saying a barrier and i thought of one that really does this this will change a lot about how you feel about your body i don't know if you guys can relate to this but walking around and like sucking your stomach in and having like sitting in a chair and trying not to let the cellulite show on your legs, I feel like we're all contorting ourselves into these really unnatural positions that if you start relaxing and letting go of that and just basically letting it all hang out, it just it's so freeing and it makes you feel more comfortable in your own body. So I would say that would be a barrier that if you start practicing do it around your house, like Seriously, try not to suck it in. I mean, it's hard to even do it in mine. And sometimes I'm stopped trying to suck in your stomach. There's no one here. It's just you. <laughs> I've trained myself to do it for so long. <laughs> yeah, so I think that would
0: be a, that would be a good one. Shoot, we got our phones now. We can just Photoshop ourselves. You know what I mean? Come I on. <laughs> I know, I know. This has been great. And you talk about your book, Love to Lose, Love Your Life, and Watch the weight lose itself give us at least four habits that we should break to help with weight loss Mm -hmm. sucking sucking our gut in when 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 (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: there's one um but we already did that one so I've got four more I wrote them down just to make sure I didn't forget okay so the first one is I used to do this all the time, sitting around with my girlfriends, talking about, oh my God, it's so hard. Oh my God, I need to lose 10 pounds. Oh my God, I look so disgusting. So stop doing all that. Stop talking about how hard it is to lose weight. Stop talking about how terrible you look. Just refuse to engage in those conversations because what you're doing is you're keeping yourself stuck by saying that things will never change. So that's the first one. And it really is a myth that losing weight is hard. Losing weight is just... It's just, unless you have some sort of medical condition, which I would never be, you know, bold enough to sit here and say, or ignorant enough to say, losing weight isn't hard and it's just mathematics, because I realize there are other extenuating circumstances. But we make it a lot harder than it is by just continuing with these incessant conversations about how impossible it is to lose weight. And so let's talk about, hey, what can what change can I make today? You know, like, what feel positive about it. So um, that would be the first one. And then I would also say stop engaging in all or nothing behaviors. Stop saying, okay, I'm going to, here's my new workout goal. I'm going to run five miles every day this week. And I'm going to not eat any carbs. And I'm not going to drink alcohol this week. And, you know, like if you do all of that, it's not sustainable. So start small. Pick one habit that you have that you want to change or adopt. And break it down into smaller steps, and then just one by one, start, you know, being positive and making, getting small wins to make a, make one change, and then keep adding to the changes. Stop starting over on Monday. That's, most of these are like a mindset. Um, <laughs> stop saying I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna. Yeah,
0: yeah the starting on saying, Monday. That's a good one, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, so um, that means we should we should do change we should do change the next meal. So that's what I always say. Instead yeah, of, instead yeah. of if, you, if you messed up and say, well, you know, I probably shouldn't have eaten this for breakfast, cool. Just start lunch and eat right on lunchtime. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you up don't up need to say not mess up your whole day.
0: Yeah, you mess up yeah, your whole day. <laughs>
2: exactly. Well, and also when you mess up, you know, quote unquote, it's like you can always learn from that like analyze like well why did I get out of bed and eat a donut when my plan was to eat you know a healthy meal all day long Mm -hmm. um look at it and say why? what puts me to just do that okay because I was stressed out and I didn't have you know my workout clothes ready and I skipped my workout so like then you've got something to work with so you can always just get right back on track Mm -hmm. and then number four and I think this is a really big one is People, women who are like, they never cook or say, I hate to cook. And I just want to say to people, mm-hmm. if you've developed a fear-based relationship with food, which a lot of us have if we're dieting it's trying to avoid certain foods, you're going to just just be open to cooking a little bit because that is, you're taking control of food then by doing that rather than it having a, a hold on you. Like, um, you know, you're afraid of it. Or you need a diet to give you specific instructions. Just start start small, just make a make one meal a week and just try to enjoy it. And um yeah. So never cooking I think is a good one to start
0: with. How that, that conscious eating where you are mindful of what you eat, but that's a that's about preparing your food too. Because if you prepare mm-hmm. your food you know what's you know what's going in it.
2: <laughs> exactly. Well that's right. Oh, and you just you had a good one, being mindful. How about little ones, like don't eat in front of the TV or in front of your laptop?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That would be a good
0: one, yeah, to be mindful. Be mindful, yes. Anything else you would like to add to that, Dee? No, I think she's pretty much covered it. I mean, the
1: other thing is that, you know, I think people get into that grazing mentality, too. You know, you come home and then you start grazing. I think that's another <laughs> one that, a lot of food uh, lifestyle changes is because you come in and then you start, so rather than preparing, that's another thing is to try to prepare, you know, healthy snacks in the refrigerator because when you come home, then your first thought is just grab whatever and then then it's all night. It's popcorn and then it's Mm -hmm. this and then it's that and now you've grazed up until 11 o'clock and you've just derailed everything. Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Well, and that brings us to um another point that I make in the book that is super important and it's about your environment. Mm-hmm. Um so if you have, you know, stuff laying out on your counter that, yeah, that you can graze on, that is definitely not gonna help. But um nope. your environment set it up your if you set your environment up the right way, um yeah. you can have your kitchen make decisions for you, you know. So I think a lot of we don't realize what our just how much it's affecting us and how much it's actually hindering our progress and pushing us to do the exact wrong things and then we're blaming ourselves for not having enough willpower. But you can set your kitchen up so that it's like, it makes it really easy to make the right decision.
0: Environment is important. And then having, like you said, a plan of action, you know, what you're going to do, go to the next, the next meal. That's your next plan. Your next meal. (laughs)
2: Okay. Yeah. And I like to plan. I like to prep my next meal. This is a little thing that I do, but when I'm eating like lunch right after I'm done, when I'm not hungry anymore, I prep my whole next meal. That way it's ready. You know, don't, don't wait till you're hungry and then decide what you're going to Sometimes you can't right. avoid it. But if I have everything chopped and prepped and it's like, hey, I'm having a salad for dinner because it's sitting right there in front of me, you know?
0: Yeah, that's and it. it.
2: It prevents you from saying, I don't feel like, I mean, God, you know, we're after what we all do all day. Nobody feels like taking extra steps to chop up stuff for a salad. But if you already have it done, then, it's just, you know,
0: there's no decision. So. How can folks get in touch with you and where can they buy your book probably on um Amazon or what's going on? Tell us.
2: Yeah, you can buy it on Amazon but um unfortunately I don't know why, maybe it's because I'm a first time author, but it won't come up when you type it in. Um I, for some reason I don't know why it won't just pop up. But I have the link on my website on my shop page. Okay. That will bring it up on Amazon. So you can go to my website at Cadil Martin, C-A-M-I-L-L-E Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N, and then the letters R-B, so for Registered Citizens dot com. And it's also uh, it's got its own little webpage if you want to if it's easier to get there by remembering those. Love to lose books com.
0: All right, love to lose, yeah. yes, without yes, dying. thank
2: you for letting me promote myself. I so appreciate that.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It was a great interview, and I'm glad that you came to our show, and thank you very much. Want to add anything, Dee? No, it was fantastic. I'm going to read and reread and
1: reread your book. Oh, yay. Thank you so much. And honestly, you
2: guys or anyone that's listening, I, I love getting from people. I'm here to give support, encouragement. I don't do private counseling anymore, but anyone can email me. My email's on my website. I love to hear from people, and I am here for you, so that's that's how I feel about
0: it. What is your email? It's RD at
2: gmail.com.
0: And thank you very yeah. much. Yes, thank you. Thank
2: you all for having me. I uh, really appreciate
0: it. It was a lot of fun. Y'all are awesome. All right. Thank you. Now, this ends our show, Dee. Do you have some tips that we should think about? Yeah,
1: you know what? This was just excellent. Her book is fabulous, Love to Lose. I think some of the tips that she gave us, so many tips, it was hard to to keep up. But I think, you know, number one, let's get out of the habit of talking about things as being diets, which we've talked about here on this show, Mm -hmm. and let's talk about lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I liked her approach about, you know, body image. And understanding that, you know, we don't have to be like the people in the magazines and this and that. And, you know, one of the other things that she talked about was preparation. Making, you know, if you stop with the fad diet and maybe make a cut up your stuff the night before or plan your meals and this and that. You have to maybe do a little bit extra. But all these things. And then lastly, stop sucking it in. Lastly... <laughs> 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 Stop sucking it in. You know, it might be okay on a few situations, but, you know, you're going to hold your breath so much that you're going to pass out. So, stop sucking it in. But she was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Yes, she was great. Stop sucking it in and just sometimes just let it. Hang out. <laughs> I
1: love it when she said that she found herself even when she was at home by herself sucking it in. To why am I sucking this in?
0: <laughs> Nobody here but me, right. Right. Yeah, you know. Sometimes just let it relax, let it hang on out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. You're so right. I thought that was great. And she was, she was awesome. And she's basically just saying, listen, as a registered dietitian, she was saying, you know, yes, we need to think about our nutrition. We need to think about eating how we should eat, but let's not obsess with that. You know, let's really live our life. And guess what? If we're not assessing with it and causing that what did she say resistance where we uh (laughs) we want to eat you know we say oh we're not going to eat this we're not going to do this and then there's resistance that comes up and says hmm I gotta have this if we just stop um, obsessing about that just focus on life enjoying life and you know, having that eating plan, you know, not talking about it, because that that's that's something too. When she said, you know, we spend a lot of time gathering with our our friends, and we just have a pity party talking about how hard it is to lose weight.
1: Right, <laughs> right. I love that too. I gotta lose ten pounds. I gotta do this. Oh, my diet's not working. Yeah, stop talking about it so much.
0: Yes, we we're obsessed with it, and then we yes. realize. That if we just do one habit at a time, you know, get our environment where it, it, you know, causes us to to make those healthy choices, we'd be surprised at we actually lose weight without all this dieting.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and her book, folks, her book, you can go to her website. Her book is Love to Lose, Love Your Life, and Watch the Weight lose itself so that was a great interview with Camille Martin uh, yeah it it definitely was was. yes for more information about Camille Martin and her book go to her website CamilleMartinRD.com and as always for more information go to our website VickyDoFitness.com and remember if you have any questions comments or just something to say tweet us Email us. Go on Facebook and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at